Right, Pidgeotto. Uh, Pidgeotto. Uh, in my opinion, probably the most popular of this line because yeah. Ash had one. Yeah. Like, I Pidgeotto, as a Pokemon to battle with, is a very... middle evolution issue it's going to be the same as all the others like i've only got it because i want the final evolution or i want it in my decks i do not have it because i actively want it like no one's like yeah i want a pidgeotto you're like i'm getting a pidgeotto to check it off my decks or because i want a pidgeot that's that's how it goes yeah. now for um i think pidgeotto's popularity is because Ash had one. And Ash's Pidgeotto stayed a Pidgeotto the whole time. It was a Pidgeotto when he caught it because he failed at the Pidgey. And it was a, like, it stayed a Pidgeotto for the entire series and then was only a Pidgeot for like one episode before he abandoned it. Yeah. So when you think yeah. about, like, when you think about Ash's, say, Charizard, you think, oh, Ash had a Charmander, then a Charmeleon, then a Charizard. But when you think about Ash's Pidgeotto, Ash just had a Pidgeotto. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so... I, yeah. I, I think it goes to speak to how popular that Pidgeotto is as well, because he abandons that... You know, he abandons a whole bunch of Pokemon, um, and um, I feel like there's a much more of a groundswell of uh, where where was Pidgeot? For, you know, when it was, like, building up to the last episodes, there was much more of a... Yeah. We want to see Pidgeot again. Um versus we want to see his prime ape again which is yeah you know there's there's a length of time difference between the two but um between him getting rid of the two but um you know the people who were like oh we want to see his prime ape again uh was you know minuscule in comparison to we want to see his pidgeot we need to we need pidgeot we need butterfree we need to see them too before before he hangs it up yeah i definitely uh definitely see that I think, um i think pidgeotto is i mean we'll we'll probably go into it a little bit more on the pidgeot episode um again is probably part of that um the frustrations that people have with ash in that you know if he'd have kept that pidgeot it, his team would have been much more powerful you know and it, him abandoned true it's probably the beginning of true but it wasn't abandoned it chose to leave like this is the thing i think and again, we'll finish this talking in the Pidgeot episode, but like Ash's poke Ash Ash knows when he's not right for a Pokemon, and I think that's one of the more moving and interesting parts of Ash as a trainer. Can um, you even hear me? Yes, I can hear you. I was just okay. Good because oh, my thing had frozen oh, that whole time, and I had no idea if I was coming through. Uh, yes, uh, your, um, your image has been uh, has been freezing a little bit, but the audio has been coming through uh, fine. Okay, um, good. Yeah, I think I think the way that Ash's Pokemon leave, they leave in a respectful way on their terms, and I think that's what's important about the way that Ash chooses to let his Pokemon go on to the next stage of their development with someone better suited to them, or not or whatever but like i think it's you know i think especially in the early episodes and the later episodes actually all of the episodes of pokemon that require that have an abandoned pokemon all the abandoned pokemon miss their trainer 
but Ash's Pokemon miss their trainer but choose to leave. Like, they're not abandoned. And I think it would be nice for them to go back and see Pidgeot and see see how well it's looking after all of its adopted babies. Yeah. Uh, I think as well that there's probably an element of, um, like, again, most trainers probably had a Pidgeot and know how, how decent it is. Uh, so yeah. I think there was a certain element of them wanting to kind of... Um, will Pidgeotto into evolving in order to kind of help Ash out a little bit. But, I mean, I like Pidgeotto's, like, character. I feel like in the, in his early team, everyone's got their kind of, like, role. And I feel like Pidgeotto's yep. the kind of... Probably the strongest Pokemon that he's got early on in terms of... Yes. You know, before Charizard. Uh, but yes. they're not a dick about it, like Charizard. Yeah. Yes, definitely. And I think Pidgeotto comes in handy as well, having a Pokemon that can fly, having a Pokemon that can like go ahead and scout things and fly back quickly. That's the thing that it does a lot. Mm. Um, it, its whirlwind comes in handy a few times. Like I remember it being a very useful Pokemon, even if he it's not always used in battle. Yeah. Um, like I'm. I feel like he didn't use it against Erica, and I feel like that was a thing I thought was weird. Because uh, he, he sent... He don't understand Yeah, He doesn't understand the typing and stuff, does he? He doesn't. He doesn't. He used it against Misty, didn't he, at one point? Uh, well, he wanted to, but Pikachu didn't want didn't to... Wanna... Yeah, Pikachu didn't want to fight, so he used Butterfree and Pidgeotto, because those are the other Pokemon he had at the time. I think so. Um... Yeah, and the, the, the star you fucked up. Well... Um, if I remember correctly, they used the um, it's like um, the f the water types were going into the water to wash off like the sleep powders and stuff. Yeah, um, for off the butterfly. Yeah. Um, uh, so and appear out of nowhere and chop. Yeah. Yeah. Sleep so, out of the water so, and yeah. So I've been. Uh, I don't know about you, but I kind of I kind of pre-planned some of the stuff that we're going to do in these episodes. Uh, All right. And. Uh, uh, I've been wearing this hat intentionally, um, uh, <laughs> partly because um, I think it. I mean, I, I like a beret anyway, um, and I feel like the Generation Four beret um, is is an underrated Pokemon look. But I saw a meme in the run up to this episode, <laughs> which is that everyone's got hair like Pidgeotto, and I unfortunately <laughs> also do. <laughs> All right, yeah, no, I see it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, and I think that that is, like, actually a thing of, like, uh, everyone, everyone in 2023 seems to have hair that's like Pidgeotto. I mean, I've seen that meme going around a little while. I think I think the whole, like, undercut pointy top has been a, a, a in fashion for quite some time. I don't think it's that new, but yeah. Well, I would appreciate seeing more people uh, add the pink hair to it, though. I think that would be very cool. Everyone doing their basic, like, fade, short back and sides, but with a fade and scruffy on top, but pink. Yeah, well, um, I mean, I've had this I've had this type of hair for, for some time now, and I have been known to dye it in the past. I feel like I will be dyeing my hair 
at some point in the future again because I've started to get greys and it's um, oh. oh, I, hate it. I hate it so much. Um, but um, the last time I had my hair like dyed, right? I was uh, I was doing a day in a school. This was like before I'd done my like teacher training and all that kind of stuff, and um, I remember being in this classroom with my like blonde dyed on the top and like scraped back and yeah this was the day that I was, it put me off being in schools for ages this because uh i remember um like i literally i was i was like i was looking at this classroom uh and then i looked away and then i looked back and within that time a child had started eating his tie and and had gotten all the way up to the knot and and I was like, what, what is this, like, utterly <laughs> feral child that I've been put in front of? Um, uh, but, anyway, the, what I'm, like, linking back to is I would like to have the, like, the more colourful hair. But I'm, mm. I'm now in a position where I think it would, the stuff I have to do in the daytime, at least for now, until I get um, Comedy Lab up and running uh, properly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I've got to be more conservative with my uh, hair choices. So, but when I'm running Comedy Lab full-time, believe me, mate, I will go back to to the pink, I will go back to the reds and the blues um, when I'm not having to deal with children eating ties. Yes, that definitely <laughs> sounds like a, a better place to be in. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I've got that as a, as a comparison now. Uh, in one hand, I've got... Am I having to look at someone eating a tie? And if the answer's no, I know I'm doing better with my life. I feel that. Yeah. I feel that. Um, so, yeah, so that was, like, that's, like, become a meme. Pidgeotto's, like, uh, ruffled hair on the top has become a Little meme. Little fuck boy hair. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's very much me. That's why I... That's why I <laughs> but, um... I seem to recall as well, right, when I had a Pidgeot, a Pidgeotto, um, like, feeling like the back of its hair sprite looked a bit odd. like. Yeah, I think a lot of Gen 1 sprites looked odd from the back. They were still figuring it out, I think. Yeah, like, they, they just basically do. They, they look like, uh, they, they all just look like Justin Bieber from behind. Um, well, oh, go on. How 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 much attention have you been paying to what Justin Bieber looks like from behind? Wow, this it's an obsession at this point. Uh, <laughs> I can't go to sleep without without going right. I need I need to cuddle up to a pillow and watch the back of Justin Bieber stroke a Pidgeotto's head. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, uh, my question... Uh, oh, this was something else I was going to mention. I should probably hold this off until the, the Pharaoh episode, right? Uh, but I feel and I feel like we're going to probably mention it in the next one, in the Raticate episode. But... Yeah. I, I feel like a lot of second stage evolutions feel like a little bit disappointing. Even when, like, the second stage is, is the final stage. Um, and... I wonder if Spiro would be like considered like a little bit better if there was like a third stage to it. 
Yeah, I think that's possible. I do think that's possible because I feel like if it's got, I think the middle evolutions often feel incomplete, but then if it's only got a two-stage evolution, unless it puts off evolving until really, uh, until it's at a really high level, it can end up um, like they kind of have to keep the stats a bit lower so that they can fight the middle evolutions comfortably. And I think that is, that kind of factors into it. Like they're thinking a lot about stat matchups rather than, you know, is this second evolution really, uh, has it got the, um, you know, the chops to go through it? And I think in the first generation, they noticed that because like Brock has an Onyx and then people in the Elite Four have Onyxes as well. Like Bruno has an Onyx. I think it's Bruno in the first gen. Um, And it's like, well, that Onyx's base stats aren't going to change. So actually having the first gym and one of the final boss battles you do have an Onyx means that if you've evolved the Pokemon that got that first Onyx, like, you're going to stomp it so bad, um, which is, I think, why obviously they introduced Steelix and things like that, and how um, Pokemon that don't evolve at all are, like, the ones I just don't want on my team. Yeah. Like, even ones that I know are, like, objectively supposed to be good. Like, like it's very yeah. bad that I'll have a Snorlax on this, even though I know that they've added another yeah. one in there. Like, I know they added... Munchlax in there, but yeah, like this for me, it's like if it's not a third stage evolution or the legendary, it's yeah, it's, it's difficult to like justify having it on there. Yeah, like the third stage evolutions and legendaries have the best stats. Simple as that. It's like Pidgeotto, I know is gonna eventually evolve into a Pidgeot. Um, Fero is Fero. Is done. Yeah. Yeah. I think also as you're going through the story, if you are <clears throat> conscious of filling up the Pokedex, you'll be like, oh, I've evolved my Spearow. I can put my Fearow away and have this slot to level up something else. If you've evolved your Pidgey into a Pidgeotto, you've got to keep it with you a bit longer. And by the time it's evolved into a Pidgeot, you've got half your badges and it's probably a staple of your team, whether you wanted it to be or not. Like, if you're just going to keep it until it evolves, you're keeping it for a longer time. Yeah. And I think that makes it easier to, like, slip into your team, even though you plan on dumping it, and then you're like, actually, this is now a higher level than the wild Pokemon I can catch around here. I'm actually better off keeping it with me. Mm. And I think that goes for, like, because obviously it doesn't, like, I think that goes for Pidgeotto in particular, because... The other triple evolutions you catch at the same time as you catch Pidgey, Caterpie and Weedle, which are in their final evolutions by level 10, and then uh, Nidoran, male and female, which evolve into uh, Nidorino and Nidorina later than Pidgey evolves into Pidgeotto. But once they've evolved, you can just Moonstone them straight into the final evolution. You don't have to wait around if you are just looking to... um, fill up your Pokedex, you can do that as soon as possible. Um, And then apart from that, if you exclude the kind of baby Pokemon and additional evolutions 
that um, were introduced in later games, there's not another three-stage evolution for like a little while. Unless, like, I, I'm not counting Geodude because you have to trade Graveler. Yeah. And if you don't have friends, that's not an option. Yeah. But then, yeah, the rest are all like, you know, Zubat and Golbat, two-stage. Um, uh, Jigglypuff, Wigglytuff, Clefairy, Clefable, um, Ekans, Arbok. They're all two-stage that you meet at that point. Um, Paris, Parasect, you get them in Mount Moon. Um, Sandshrew, Slanslash, you meet at the same place as Ekans and Arbok. Um, Mankey and Primate, you get first. Like, it's a long time before you meet another free stage Pokemon. Yeah. Probably Abra. But even then, you've got to trade it. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, at least early on, they are, they are they're very rare, aren't they? Yeah. So, it's really easy for, yeah, for Pidgeotto to fall into that place on your team because you've got to if even if you just want to check it off on your deck you've got to keep it on your team for longer yeah that's it that's my point i took forever to say it but that's my point so uh, before we go into the um into the pokedex as well i thought i've had i you know it's just popped in my head but i've had it over the years um in my opinion uh Pidgeotto should be the name of the uh final evolution all right yeah I think I think uh, Pidgey Pidgeotto and then Pidgeot. It's for me that feels like a an anticlimactic final evolution name. Yeah, I can see that. I think I think it makes sense because it gets more streamlined. Okay. In a way. And, and I. I don't know. I, think that that, I, think that's I don't fair. mind it. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing necessarily, but I don't mind it. Yeah. Um, but yes. Um, for me, um, as much as I've had a Pidgey uh, and a Pidgeot and a Pidgeotto as my main, uh, I feel like this is probably the case for for most people. Uh, pro I'd say probably ninety nine percent of people, if not one hundred percent of people, when they think of Pidgeotto. They think of Ash's Pidgeotto rather than any Pidgeotto that they've spent time with. So, very briefly going back to the point I was just making about how long it is before you meet another three-stage evolution, mm -hmm. I have just had a quick scroll through the Pokedex. Yeah. And every single three-stage evolution, the second evolution is either a stone or a trade for the entire Pokedex up until Dratini. Wow. Dratini is the next Pokemon you can catch. So there are only... In a game where you're not trading, three Pokemon that you can, that you can level up uh, into its final evolution for three stages. And that's your starter, assuming you only get one and don't trade in one of the other yeah. two. Pidgey to Pidgeot, and then Dratini to Dragonite. All of the other street three-stage evolutions in the game are a stone or a trade. And so that will be um, obviously Nidorino and Nidorina to Nido Queen and Nido King, yeah. Gloom to Vile Plume, Weeping Bell to Victory Bell, Kadabra trades to Alakazam, Machoke trades to Machamp, mm -hmm. Graveler trades to Golem, yeah. uh, Haunter trades to Gengar, yeah. and that's all of the Pokemon that evolve twice. 
until you get true Trattini. Wow. Huh. I didn't realise it was that rare yeah. until I checked yeah. it because I was thinking about it and then I was like, actually, I want to check this because, um, you know, I sort of assume most Pokemon evolve via levelling up, but only once. And then you've got to do something weird. Wow. With the exception of Pidgeotto and Dragonair. And you start a middle evolution. Well, I mean, that's probably another reason why, like what you say, that Pidgey uh, ends up probably falling into people's teams, you know, because you can get that, that third stage relatively easy. Yeah. Yeah, you don't have to trade anything, you don't have to find a stone. Yeah. Um, and in the first generation, that can be tricky. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, pre-internet as well. I mean, like... Yeah. I mean, like, I almost feel like I'm cheating a little bit, but, like... But, like, you know, sometimes I'll, like, have a Pokemon with me for a while and I'll be like, look, I need to either work out how to evolve this or just bin it off. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. So here is the thing. I am not afraid to Google how to evolve a Pokemon. And I should tell you for why. The reason is when I was a kid, obviously I didn't have the internet. But what I did have was one of my relatives bought me for Christmas a little book called The Handheld Pokedex. And it, it was a book maybe about the size of a DVD case. It wasn't very thick. And what it had was it had a little summary at the beginning that was like Professor Oak saying, welcome to the world of Pokemon. Yeah. And then what it had was just one page for every Pokemon where it told you it had a picture of them, their name, where to find it, how they evolved, and their special moves. So kind of, literally kind of like a Pokedex, um, but with all that additional information. So I actually never needed uh, to figure out how Pokemon evolved. I already had that information because I read that book a lot without... Uh, like I carried that book around with me even when I wasn't playing the Pokemon games. I was a weird, obsessive child. Probably neurodivergent, but still... Yeah. Um, like, <laughs> uh, I used to carry that book around every, everywhere with me wherever I went. And if I wasn't reading something else, I would sit and just refresh my memory of like how Pokemon evolved and what their special skills were. So looking back, I actually never went through the process of having to figure out by myself how a Pokemon evolved, if it was a weird, unusual way. Um, so I ain't starting now. I'm 30 years old. I've got to go to work. Like, yeah. Uh, but I mean, I, unfortunately, I have boring shit to do. Yeah. I can't spend all of my free time figuring out how Pokemon evolve for funsies. Mm. I I have bills to pay and other such bullshits. Yeah, uh, I mean, I I had uh, I had the like the guide back in the day. I don't know if it was official yeah. or not, but I had the guide. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm the same way. It's like. Uh, I mean, on the on the um, the stream that I've been doing occasionally on this channel for uh, Violet, uh, I've had a gimme ghoul, and I was like, "Oh, this seems like quite cool, like this gold ghost Pokemon." I was like, "Oh, I'll yep. I'll keep this about, see what it evolves into," and then and then I was like, "Oh, how do I add it for like X amount of levels?" I was like, how do I get this to evolve? And I Googled it, and it was like, you've got to collect, like, 100 coins. And I was like, I ain't got time for that. Yeah. In the box you go. Um, Yeah, that's fair. Um, I was going to say something, and I've forgotten it now. 
forgotten it already. Honestly, the, the things they expect you to do with... Right. So when I got... Hormi, Hormo, whichever one it is that's the middle one. So that one's in, obviously, the new game. Yeah. Scarlet and Violet. And you get, and it's it's the Pikachu of the generation. It's a little cute mouse that does electric, uh, and it's also fighting. And I originally wasn't going to have it because I got Quaxley, and Quaxley evolves into a water fighting. I didn't want too many fighting types on my team because I don't think fighting is a great type. Uh, it's not one of my favorites, one of my go-to Pokemon types to have on my team. Yeah. Um, so I caught the poor me, yeah. and. It evolves. So the first evolution evolves uh, just regularly leveling up. And then the second one, it has to do a certain number of steps outside its Pokeball. Yeah. Now, I was walking around with this thing up until it was like level 60. And I'm like, when's this cunt going to evolve? And it's consecutive steps outside of its Pokeball. It's not accumulated steps outside of its Pokeball. Right? Right. And so I was just running around with this thing getting it to fight everything on its own without me having any kind of like involvement in the fight yeah. and just me not really doing anything, running around like, when is this thing going to happen? But if you get too far away from it, it zips back into its Pokeball without you telling it to, oh. which reset the counter. And it's like, so how am I supposed to do this in such a way that you are going to not just jump back into your Pokeball whenever I'm not paying attention? Like how many steps fucking count? Yeah. Um, and so I had it out as often as possible. It got up to like level 60 something. And I was like, well, this prick ain't evolving. Maybe I'll just stop it. But at that point, because it was level 60, it was really quite powerful. It had some really good moves. So I was actually using it. Um, and then I was sort of like checking. I was like, right. So what if I just run around in circles and it doesn't engage with anything? Will it eventually evolve? And that is exactly what happened. I just ran around in circles for like 20 minutes. And then a little kind of evolved. And I was like, I almost don't want this now. Yeah. That Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Like, it's more likely to evolve if I'm not playing the game. Yeah. Because if I'm engaged with, like, where I'm going, I'm going to jump over a ledge or bump into a thing, and then it's going to jump back into its Pokeball. And if I'm just going around in circles, not paying attention, it'll evolve. I had a similar thing with uh, with uh, Vikavolt, uh, which oh, yeah. was a charger bug. And I believe... So I've skipped uh, the... Um, uh, uh, the 3DS generation. Uh, um, like I intend to play it at some point, but like, cause um, cause I just didn't have didn't have a 3DS for a long period of time. It just kind of passed me by, and then eventually I was like, well, I'll just get a Switch. Um, but um, I believe Vika Vault comes in in one of the 3DS generations, and it's like you evolve it at like you know how like leafions like you've got to like evolve it near a special rock that says that says oh it's cool and breezy at this rock it's like yeah it's like similar for vika vault where i think you've got to like get it like near like a power station or whatever but yeah in um in galar it doesn't have that so you had to like do this like whatever it was this kind of like round the houses way of getting it to evolve and again by this point I'd like it was like level fifty five, and um, and then it evolved into like Vika Vault, and I was like, this is absolutely. It just became my main like that. Um, nice. I don't know if that happened with the Pokemon that you evolved. Yeah, kind of. 
but I was already using it pretty consistently um, because I, uh, I don't know, I don't think I found an electric type that I liked. Uh, and I didn't, and also like my Quackwavel, uh didn't have a lot of amazing fighting moves. It had some really good water moves, but not loads of great fighting moves. So I actually quite appreciated uh, poor Mo's moveset by the time it was fully evolved. I've just um, uh, I've just googled how you get it to evolve, right? Uh, and you know how I built it up as like some bullshit thing that you got to do. You just had to give it a thunderstone, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure you had to get it to do something like worse than that in like the previous game. Yeah, there's like a magnetic field in like one of the other yeah. games. Yeah, um, yeah, like how you can get a glacial with an ice stone now, and that was not how you did it to begin with. Mm. Yeah, now I feel you. Yeah. So, but we... basically, we are grateful that Pidgeotto evolves by leveling is what we've taken half an hour to say. Yes. God. Yeah. Do you know what, right? I I go into each one of these being like, this is going to be 10 minutes, and then we find a way of... Uh, of uh, yeah, and then we go off on a million tangents trying to make a really basic, tiny point. Yeah. Because so of who we are say, as people. So you say you think we might both be near our diversion. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's gonna surprise anyone, fella. Right, let's get into the the deck entries. Um, so that, that there is uh, so the image. Like I'm looking at that image now and being like, your your picture that you did for the competition is like so good. Like it's like it, it's basically the, I feel like, the official. Art. I feel like that that's probably the artwork I remembered. And like I kind of just sort of tacked on a uh, um, uh, a, an action scene. Like I feel like a big I thought I was remembering it from the show, and then looking at this, I feel like I probably just remember it from the artwork. <laughs> Honestly, I'm, I'm I was very impressed, uh, but you. it definitely needed a beer belly, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, it did. Yeah, get Ken Sugimori on that. Although to be fair, I feel like he he uh, he did bigger chunkier Pokemon than uh, the yeah. later revisions. He did do, did do, you know, the the chunky boys. Right here we go. Let's have a look and see what what uh, Professor Oak's got for us. Very protective of its sprawling territorial area, this Pokemon will fiercely peck at any intruder. Um, I mean that tracks. That tracks with Ash's Pidgeotto going, going back to protect its its friends. Um, it does make me go. Really, if this was like, if the Pokemon world was like the real world, you should encounter Pidgeotos on Route Two. Yeah, and Pidgeots. Yeah. Like, and I think they did. They rectified that a little bit in the Let's Go games, where like you can catch. Um, Bulbasaur, Butterfree, and Beedrill in Viridian Forest, um, and you can catch Pidgeotos really low level as well. Um, in I don't think Route Two, but like quite early on, before you're at Mount Moon, which you don't get in the original games. You didn't see them wild until you nearly at Fuchsia City. Um, but I think that was a bit more. I think it was trying to be a bit more kind of true to what the real world is like where you get like the adults with the babies 
Um, and so you ended up like catching, you know, I catching like a fully evolved Clefable already in Mount Moon, like a waste of Moonstone. Yeah. I quite liked that. Yeah. From a catching perspective, rather than like a training perspective, I get why they made the choices they chose mm. for the original games. But I did like that they tried it to see how it would go with Let's Go, Eevee and Pikachu. Yeah. And I think that, that, like, in the newer games, that's the thing that I... Like, the roaming Pokemon is the mm. the thing that I, like, enjoy the most. Like, being yeah, able me to, too. like, decide what it is that I want to, like, catch. Like, like uh, I probably wouldn't have come across that, like, shiny oddish if it weren't under that circumstances. Like, for me to be able to go, yeah. is that a shiny oddish? And then, and then actively go, that's what I'm going to go towards. Um... Um, so yeah, so I, I like all that kind of stuff and I like the fact that they, um, like you mentioned the Bulbasaur, like I like the fact that they've kind of made the starters not quite as, as like, uh, yeah. constricted. Like Bulbasaur has a very low spawn rate, but it's there. Mm. What I liked a bit less is that they just give you a Squirtle, a Bulbasaur and a Charmander. Like they all appear in the wild, but with a low spawn rate, but then... There are trainers before the third gym mm. who will just give you a Bulbasaur, or a Charmander, and a Squirtle, mm. and it's very easy to do the exact Ash Ketchum team yeah. when that happens. Because then you've got your starter, and then you've got your Pidgeotto, which evolves via leveling, and you've got the three starters that evolve via leveling, mm. and you've got your space for your Dratini yeah. when you're ready for your final one that evolves via leveling. Like, you don't have to put a lot of thought into the team to really, really smash that game. No. No. Uh, I mean, that's that's kind of one of the main criticisms against it, isn't it? That it's like, it's a tiny bit too easy. But on the floor... I mean, they were trying to do something else. They were trying to experiment with, like, the catching mechanic, mm. which I liked, but because you can't re-battle... Um, trainers literally I stopped playing it because like I ran out of Pokeballs and then didn't have anything else to do Yeah, I couldn't level up my Pokemon yeah. without more Pokeballs because that's the only thing you can battle and I couldn't get more money because I didn't have any other trainers to battle oh so you know? was that like late on in the game yeah yeah this is after the Elite Four but like I still had like I hadn't seen a Farfetch'd but yeah. I had no Pokeballs and had no way of getting more Pokeballs so can you not re-battle the Elite Four? I think so, but, like, I didn't want to. I didn't go, you know, I, just, I wanted enough money for some more Pokeballs. I didn't want, like... Like, I ended up going back and going around all the places where, like, pearls respawn mm. and, like, getting money that way. But even then, you have to wait for the next day to go by, and I'm like, oh, I'll be fucked. Yeah. Um, anyway, so Pidgeot's uh, Pokedex entries, the first couple are pretty similar. Yeah. Um, full of vitality, flies around its large territory in search of prey, builds its nest in the centre of its large territory, powerful talons to swiftly snatch prey, I'll, I'll, all pretty standard. Can I, can I point out uh, uh, that obviously uh, Stadium Professor probably... Yeah, it's got to mix up a little bit. Well, Stadium Professor probably would agree with my drawing, my drawing with the powerful talons, catching some prey. Powerful. Uh, I mean... <laughs> Stadium Professor, I'm sure that if uh, if he was if he had more than one line, he'd have put in also has big tits, big titty talons. <laughs> um, Gold has uh, highlighted its vision, which I guess makes sense if it's flying very high. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, and that's similar to real life. 
you know, it's well known that yeah. like eagles and stuff have have like decent vision. Yeah. Silver goes on. It immobilizes its prey using well-developed claws. So back to its titty talons. Yeah, that's the titties. Then it's carries titties. then carries the prey more than sixty miles to its nest. Now here. Oh, okay. Here is where we get our first instance of dick swinging yeah, today. Yeah. But also, I do feel like it kind of ties into what the the the, the Pokedex entries that were like, Pidgey has a really good homing instinct. No matter how far away you take it, it always gets back to its nest. And I think that ties in because then you've got Pidgey learning the way back to the nest no matter what, and then Pidgeotto using that skill to feed everyone. I think that's quite... I don't know if they thought that through or if i'm extrapolating but i think that um i think that, that works i'm, I'm uh, just googling crystal... what is 60 miles away from like uh-huh. from like london okay uh just to so see if that's like a big dick swing or not too big dick swing Places around sixty kilometers that's not what i asked for what's uh-huh. what's 60 miles in kilometers uh, in km right 96 kilometers um, now you know for a fact that if if this had been like written by like a you know like uh, a European developer uh, that would have been over 100 kilometers like um, so 100 km from London Uh, okay, so let, let's see if you feel like this is impressive, right? So mm-hmm. it's basically said, so if if you saw a Pidgey picking up a worm right now yeah, and someone told you, like, Stadium Professor, no, Silver Professor said to you, do you know what, right? Do you know what's even more impressive than its big titties and its big talons? It's carrying yeah. that Caterpie away to Stevenage. Would you be impressed? Oh. I guess, yeah, because like I'd get a train to Stevenage. I mean, I wouldn't because I don't really want to go to Stevenage. But like, <laughs> what about what about uh, Seven Oaks, which is also around uh, sixty kilometers away? Uh, yeah. Um, High Wycombe. I mean, like, again, actually, I could cycle to High Wycombe. I reckon. That's got a better, better infrastructure to get there than London to Stevenage, isn't it? Well, this is good to know that. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the infrastructure <laughs> down there is like. Um, but, yeah. uh, uh, but that gives you an idea of some of the places where a Pidgeotto could go if you saw it eat a worm in front of you and then carry it off. Um, uh, so we've got here, it slowly flies in a circular pattern all the while keeping a sharp lookout for prey. Um, I wish... I think that matches with what Ashes did. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think it was often used as a lookout. Yeah. And it makes sense. Yeah, I think that ties into the show pretty comfortably. Yeah. Um, More stuff about vision. Um... um Right, uh, keeps on going back. Controlling its living yeah. space. If its territory is violated, it shows no mercy in thoroughly punishing the foe. Again, ties into Ash's one. 
Um, fire red. I don't know if this is something that you had in the back of your mind when you were drawing your Pidgey oh. in its nest. But Fire Red says of Pidgeotto, the claws on its feet are well developed. It can carry prey such as Execute to its nest over 60 miles away. And you drew yours eating at Execute. Yeah, do you know what? How? How? Wait, no. How does it have two claws and carries an Execute that's made up of six eggs? They are not attached. Well, I mean, not to not to be pedantic, but I've only drawn four Execute, so presumably it has eaten two. <laughs> um, but uh, but I mean, is the implication there is that execute there can be like more or less execute than is traditionally depicted? I guess we'll find out when we get to our execute Ooh. episode, won't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but now um, we we now know that that is canon that Pidgeotto eats execute. Yeah, execute. Like. And yeah. presumably as well, right, that it, like, smashes open the shell and, like, it eats the innards whilst it is just screaming as it's slowly dying. <laughs> yeah. Going, please kill so, me. I'm going to get distracted by Execute if we don't move on. And I want to save some of, some of what I'm sure my initial thoughts will be for the Execute episode. <laughs> so... Protective of its territory, flies over a wide territory, outstanding vision, flies high, uh, renders prey immobile using well-developed claws, then carries it more than 60 miles to its nest. It's getting, it's on the repetitive bit now. Yeah. Uh, wide territory, developed claws, can pa- carry prey, such as execute to its nest yeah. over 60 miles away. They really Please didn't like tell execute. Me how. They... Please tell me how it can pick up six eggs that are not connected. Do they, like come in their little like egg box yeah maybe maybe they did there we go there's some there we go if anyone's watching send us a picture of some execute in an egg box of a Pidgeotto at the shop buying a six pack of execute (laughs) and maybe some Miltank milk some 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 Moomoo milk Mm. yeah uh, yeah. So yeah, yeah. The rest is all just more of the same. Large, large territory patrols its leering space. <clears throat> sharp claws. Sharp claws. All done. Yeah. I like the fact that they they decided that they were like, no, it's execute. Let's put that in multiple times. Yeah. It, like even though it was canon in the anime that it eats cat pee, they were like, no, nah, no. Nah, it goes out of its way. It flies from wherever the fuck it is. All the way to wherever, all to the safari zone where you meet and execute, and it eats the fucking execute out of the safari zone because that's where you get it in the games. Yeah, and presumably it because it keeps on going on about how strong the talons are, just has it and then uh, eats it as uh, as the Pokedex would call them innards. Yeah, eats the innards. Yeah, 